If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to James chapter 4 today. It's where I felt led this past week. And uh, we also want to mention two things that we're very thankful and very grateful that we didn't get hit by this storm. Amen. I mean, we have to keep an attitude that we are very thankful to the Lord. However, as we know, and I've been through, I tried to count up how many hurricanes with living living in Pensacola and going to Bible school, we got hit by one. And then living in Louisiana for all those years, uh, we got hit by many, many, Katrina, Rita, I mean, I could go on and on. And so I know the damage that it can do, and it really affected South Florida. So we want to continue to keep those folks in our prayers, but also put feet and hands to our prayers, and we'll be giving you some information. We have a lot of churches through the fellowships that we're involved in that uh, we're connected to, and one in particular is called Destiny Fellowship that my pastor back in Louisiana is a part of. So I've been getting emails from them about some things we can collect and some things we can bring down because we don't want to just pray. We want to be the hands and feet of Jesus, and we will absolutely be letting you know what we can do. Are you, are you in James 4? Amen. Amen. Today I want to talk about the most important invitation that you'll ever receive. The most important, how many like a good invitation to something? Amen. I got an invitation Friday to go to the Buccaneers game tonight, and I'm going. Don't often get to do that on a Sunday evening because they're usually in the afternoon, and I don't get to uh, do that. So everybody loves an invitation, but I want to tell you this morning and go to the Word of God and let you know about the most important invitation that you will ever receive, and it's the invitation to come into God's presence. James chapter 4 verse 8 says this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Church, that's not just a principle, that's a promise in his word. And in other words, it's saying if you will do this reciprocally, I will do that. So as we draw near to God, God gives us a promise that he will begin to draw near to us. And my title today is this, Draw Near to God with Confidence. Everybody say confidence. I'm going to talk about that this morning. I'm going to talk about our part to play as we draw near to God because the invitation has been extended. The invitation has been given for us to come near to God and not just enjoy His presence or understand that He has a beautiful creation all around us. We wake up to, the birds are singing. How many have enjoyed these last couple days of weather? My goodness, this has been beautiful. And we enjoy that, and we enjoy life, and we enjoy our families. And there's uh, enough tough things in life to where when we are coming to God, we understand that we aren't supposed to worship the creation. We're supposed to worship the creator of our lives. Let's pray and ask God to help us today. Heavenly Father, we come to you once again. In this moment in the service where your word is going forth, Father, I pray as the pastor of Christian Center Church that that anointing which you have provided would rest upon me and you would be my help. That, God, the words that I speak wouldn't be words of Jason Hanks, but would be words from the Holy Spirit that would change lives, impact hearts. And, Father, today that you would toil, till the soil of our hearts, Father, that you would cause us to understand what our part to play is in coming into your most holy presence. God, thank you for the invitation. Thank you, God, today that that way has been made possible by the precious blood of your son Jesus today. Lord, we give you praise and thanks in all things and all God's people said. Amen. Amen. My first point this morning is God always intended for us to be in his presence. Amen. When we talk about the presence of God, I understand that maybe you're new to Christianity or you haven't maybe perhaps there may be a handful of people in here that haven't really been following the Lord for very long. So let me just give you a few theological underpinnings until we go into the meat of what I want to talk about today. The Bible tells us this, that God is omnipresent. Amen? That that simply means that God, it's hard for us to comprehend this, but God is everywhere all the time. And the Bible tells us that all things were created by him and all things were created for him and through him. 
Everything was created. So we have a natural, visible realm that we can see and operate in, but there's also the supernatural realm that we operate in. And today I want to talk to you about the invitation of God that God desires to manifest his presence in your life. So we have the omnipresence of God where God is everywhere. God, There's not a place God isn't this morning. He's omnipresent. But we also understand biblically that when the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in our hearts by faith, when we give our hearts and lives to Jesus, we repent of our sins, we are new creations in Christ. Part of that new creation is the fact that we now have the indwelling Holy Spirit on the inside of us. So not only is God present in all of creation, and we see that, according to Romans, to where we can look and see creation, and what our natural response is is to give glory to a God that can create everything around us. Amen? But then we have the indwelling Holy Spirit. So the presence of God isn't just omnipresent. The presence of God is also dwelling in our lives and in our hearts. But there's another realm of God's presence that I think James 4.8 is talking about when it refers and talks about draw near to God and God will begin to draw near to you. And the meat of what I want to talk about today is found in the second part of that passage because I don't want to just talk about the presence of God. I want you to experience the presence of God. Because I want you to know this morning that there is a manifest presence of God that is available to the believer 24-7, 364, 65 days a year. 64 for sleep year. I wouldn't mistake. All the time. God wants to manifest His presence in our lives because it's in His presence where there's fullness of joy. It's in His presence where our worries and our cares... How many have ever just gotten to the presence of God and when you walked out of that encounter with the Holy Spirit, all the worries just started to kind of melt away? I want to begin as a foundation this morning in talking about James 4.8 is that God always intended to be with and near. Everybody say near. God wants to be near His people. You say, show me that. I go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. He creates Adam and Eve. And what's one of the first things God does is He creates an appointment with them every single day that they could walk with Him, they could converse with Him, they could enjoy Him, and Him enjoy them. And we all know what happened. Adam and Eve started hanging out at the wrong place and listening to a snake, right? And they sinned. And God can't have anything to do with sin, right? So God had to withdraw himself, but God wasn't finished. God was just getting started because his plan and purpose was always to be with his people. You go into the book of Exodus and learn of the people of God beginning to come out of captivity. And they're wandering around in the wilderness. And God is leading them with a, with a fire by night and a cloud by day. But when they would settle in one place to camp, he told them that I want you to build a tabernacle right in the center of your group of people. Why? Because God wanted to be near to His people. He wanted to be the very center of every decision that they made, everything that they decided as a culture, everything they decided as His special people. He wanted to be at the very center. And then, of course, they come into the promised land, and most everybody knows this. They set up a capital of Jerusalem. And what did God instruct them to do when Solomon took the throne? He wanted them to build a house for what? For God's presence to dwell. My point is simple, but it's very powerful when you understand that God always intended to be with and near his people. He always extends an invitation for us to draw near to him and him to draw near to us. That's good news this morning. Amen. Amen. That is wonderful news because you don't come to the Lord based upon yourself. You come because the invitation has been extended. I think we have to come to realize that God is everywhere and He is available anywhere. He is omnipresent and He so desires to make His presence manifest in our lives on a regular or even a daily basis where we can come into His presence, where we can experience that goodness, when we can experience what He wants to do. Habakkuk 2.14 says... For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. 
Listen, when you think about the waters covering the sea, you have the sea, you have an ocean bottom. And he's talking about there will not be a dry place in the future because God's glory will begin to cover the earth. I came to tell you something this morning. I want to practice his presence because his presence is going to come in a powerful way across this earth. I am not one of those preachers that's constantly doom and gloom. Yes, it's getting darker, but arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is rising upon his people. The invitation has been sent by the Father and He's saying, begin to draw near to me and I will draw near to you because why? He wants His people to be people of His presence. Not just on a Sunday morning when you come into worship. God wants to meet with you every single day. 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And listen, the greatest example we have of God wanting to be near isn't just the garden, it's not just the tabernacle, it's not just the temple. The greatest example of God's desire to be with his people is our precious Lord Jesus Christ this morning. Because our Lord Jesus Christ came from heaven down to earth. Why? Because God wanted to be near his people. He wanted to be with us. God chooses to reveal himself through Jesus Christ made manifest in the earth. Everybody say manifest again. Everybody say this with me. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So how do we do that? Pastor, I, I want to draw near to God. I, I want him to draw near to me. I want him to change my life. I want him to break this addiction out of my heart. I want him to, to lead me. I want him to guide me. I want him to show me who to marry. I want him to show me what job to take. Can I tell you young people that are in here, you stick that close to God and you will have a more blessed life on accident that you ever thought you could have on purpose. It's getting into his presence. It's, it's, it's practicing his presence. The answer is found in the rest of uh, James 4. Look back down at 8 and let's read the rest of the scripture because here's the answer this morning. Here it is. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. What Jesus is saying through the pen of James is if we want to draw near to God as he draws near to us, we are going to have to choose to be people of renewed minds, people of pure hearts, and people of clean hands. So what he is saying here is God has a desire to draw near to you, You have a desire to draw near to God, so we all have a part to play in that action moving forward towards Him. It's when you step back and say, God, I I don't want to be double-minded anymore. God, I, I want you to purify my heart. I don't want there to be anything in there that offends you. God, I need you to cleanse my hands. So when you're thinking about this, and God wants us to be people of renewed minds, purified hearts, and clean hands... Now, here's the thing. The Bible is very clear that anybody that says he has no sin is what? A liar, right? So we're all kind of in the same boat this morning that if you're like me, your mind can kind of take off sometimes. Come on, be honest with me. Your, Your heart can begin to look towards and cling to the things of the world. And we all know that with our hands, we can begin to grab hold of things that God never intended for us to grab a hold of. And what happens is this. Listen to me for just a minute. What happens when we begin to have impure thoughts and those impure thoughts turn into something in our heart, something in our heart begins to take us into a place where we're grabbing hold of something that God said stay away from. And here's what happens for us. When I talk about the, the James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you, that we have an understanding that an invitation has been given to come near to God. Why are we coming near to God? Because he is the source of life. He is the source of joy. He is the, he is the very source of everything in our lives. But here's what happens. We all get this way. We all have thoughts that we shouldn't have. We all in our heart begin to look at things or, or say things or whatever. And things begin to go on in our hearts. And our hands aren't as clean as what it should be. And what inevitably, inevitably happens is our confidence begins to drain out of us in relation to going to God. Am I the only one that's ever happened to? I mean, come on, somebody. It's like, man, I, I, I thought this, I said that, I, you know, had a little argument with my wife, even though that never happens with us. We have intense fellowship. That's what we call it. 
these things are going on. And, and here's what we inevitably begin to say. And the reason it's so easy to believe and think this that's contrary to what God is saying in his word is because we all have an enemy and his name's the accuser of the brethren. When you begin to just say, God, I, Lord, I, I can't come to you because of this. I can't come to you because of that. We begin to lose confidence. Listen, Satan will happily allow you to serve God and enjoy the presence that's inside of you. But as soon as you begin to affect his kingdom, what's going to affect the darkness that we see taking over this this world? It is the light of God. It is the presence. So we don't just need to understand God's in us. We need to understand God wants to manifest upon us. And, but we get like this. One minute we're saying, God, I'm all for you. God, I want to live for you. You come on Sunday morning. You probably maybe come to this altar in the last few weeks. And like, God, I'm... And then you fall into... There's something that grabs hold of us. And we begin to take hold of something we know that we shouldn't. We begin to think things we know that we shouldn't. And you don't have confidence to go to the presence of... Can I tell you that's a trick of the enemy? Because it's in his presence where you're going to get strength to overcome the addiction. It's in His presence you're going to get strength to be able to cleanse, renew your mind, purify your hearts, and cleanse your hands this morning. But I want to tell you this in Hebrews 4.16. It says this, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive grace and find mercy to help in the time of need. I'm telling you, somebody in this room needed to hear that scripture right there because it's an invitation to come into the presence of your heavenly Father, not because you're so great and not because you're so wonderful, but because He is this morning. Man, that should just that scripture when I when I put it in my message just absolutely began to stir in me and light me up because we lose confidence, right? We lose that confidence and we stay away from the presence of God. But he's telling us here in Hebrews 4.16, let us come with confidence and draw close to the throne of grace. You may be thinking, "Ah, Pastor, I can't string my prayers all together and make them all pretty. And Pastor, you don't know what I've done. You know, one minute I'm saying all the right things and I'm doing all the right things and it seems like the next minute I'm having that impure thought or I can sense something in my heart that's just not right or my hands have become just a little bit too attached to the things of the world. We begin to think all those things and the enemy comes along and begins to encourage us of simply this. God does not want you to draw near to him is what he's telling you consistently and over time. But it's somebody that just kind of gets up and reads a passage like that in Hebrews 4 that begins to understand that I'm not going to stay out anymore. I'm going to begin to come in. Amen? I'm going to begin to come into the throne room of God. You know what that scripture doesn't say? That scripture doesn't say in Hebrews 4, if you messed up, you got a 10-day wait. Amen? You don't have to stay paralyzed for 38 years and in your condition this morning. I came to tell you that God will renew your mind, God will cleanse your heart, and God will help you purify your hands so that we can come with confidence. Listen, the church has lost confidence in coming and approaching the throne. I think God is called the throne of grace and mercy. That's what it's called. It's called that for a reason because that's what you're coming to receive. But we listen to the enemy and it keeps us out. So, the first one this morning is draw. Everybody say draw. Draw. God's invitation is open. It's a throne of grace to find help in time of need. You're going through difficulty. You're going through shaking. You're going through a period of time in your life where you don't know what to do. Can I just tell you? James 4.8 says, draw near to God and he will begin to draw near to you. So, everybody say draw again. If you want to know how to do it, it's found in that second part, which is deny. Everybody say deny. Deny. You see, the drawing is we're on our way to the throne room of the invitation that God has extended. There's also something called repentance that we need to begin to do as a church. There's something of repentance that God wants to deal with because Jesus said very clearly in the scriptures... This is so important. This is, this is the core of the gospel. He said this, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. 
So not only is God drawing us, and not only do we need to not stay away just based upon what we feel in our emotions, that God doesn't want to talk to me, God doesn't want to help me, God doesn't want to be around me at this moment. It's called grace. Amen? Amen. But I'm telling you, the church has missed this because we also have to deny ourselves. We understand where the battle is. The battle is in our minds. The battle is in our the purity of our hearts and the battle are the things that we go and attach ourselves to with our hands. That's what the James 4.8 is telling us. And I thought of the story of the prodigal son, one of my favorite parables in all the Bible, because it really lays out in very distinct words and a very beautiful story of exactly this scripture that we're talking about this morning. If you don't know the story, let me just fill in the blanks just a little bit as we go into it. You had the Father's house, which is an example as Jesus is telling the story. He's telling us what God is like, and he's telling us what our response should be. And he's also warning us in the parable, I believe, that when we're in the Father's house, we could be in the Father's house, but our hearts be far away. And that all has to do with what your mind begins to dwell on, what your heart begins to become attached to, and then what your hands begin to live out with what's in your heart. The reason I say that is the prodigal, the, the younger son in the story, he's living in the house, he's enjoying breakfast at the table, he's probably working out in the field with the father. So in other words, he's close to the father in proximity in his physical sense, but he's growing further away because his mind begins to look out into the world and as his mind begins to look out into the world, he's saying, boy, it, it lo- sure looks better out there, right? Hasn't that happened to anybody else? I mean, you just, you just kind of look out and you're like, man, this, this looks like something that, that, that's a trick of the enemy. Amen. Everything that the prodigal needed was already provided within God's house. And so we know the story that he pops up and says, hey, I want my inheritance. He takes his inheritance and he goes off into the world and he begins to spend it, the Bible says, on riotous living. I, you know, spend it on all kinds of different... Sure enough, can I tell you something this morning? When you go out from the Father and get into the world, the world will chew you up and spit you out. That's why this sermon today is probably more of a warning to some people and an encouragement to others that if you've begun to drift away a little bit from God, He's only one step back the other way. Because the Bible, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. But in the story, so beautiful. Such a beautiful story. Because... He ends up literally chewed up and spit out by the world. And he wakes up one day and he's literally in pig slop. And isn't it amazing that when he wakes up in pig slop, I love the, the verse says, and when he came to himself. One of the things I'm trying to do for everybody in this room, including... Uh, probably a select group of people, is you need to come to yourself. Because when he's in the Father's house, he's dreaming of living in the world. And what living in and of the world system and the way it thinks and the way it operates is going to make you a slave. Because he said, I'm a slave now. Maybe I could just go back and be a slave in my Father's house. Because how many have ever hit rock bottom? (laughs) Listen, hitting rock bottom is a grace that will cause you to wake up and realize how good you have it by following God. How good you have it by living by His principles. How good you have it by having Him and His presence at the very center and core of your life. Because it says when He came to Himself, He gets up. And listen, He picks up what little He has. And from the story, the world had beaten Him down so much, He probably didn't didn't have any shoes, had his clothes all ripped up, lost His ring, and his inheritance and all the authority that was given to him. And it says he begins to make his way back to the father's house. And listen, you don't see it in the story, but I believe it's right there as he's traveling back, drawing near to God, is he begins to deny himself because repentance is such a key to coming into the presence of God. I talked to somebody here a few weeks ago. They're like, man, I just don't feel refreshed in my walk with the Lord. I don't, don't feel like God's really moving. I don't feel like I can sense his presence. I said, I have the answer for you right there in the book of Acts. It says, repent 
in times of refreshing, God wants to refresh you. God wants to have the kiss of heaven upon your life. God wants to be your all in all. And as he's coming back, he begins to repent. Everybody say repent. See, denial of self, when God's drawing you, then you have to move to the fact that God is calling you to purify your, to, to renew your mind, to purify your heart, and to cleanse your hands while you're on the way back. So the story, he begins to make his way back. And don't, don't you love this about the story? He's making his way back walking. I want to tell you, when God says draw near to God and he'll draw near to you, when you begin to turn and walk back towards God, listen, honey, the father's running. He's running. And I love this. In, in, in verse 22, right there, he, he says this word. I, this is one of my favorite words in that passage. He looks back in service. He says, quickly, get the ring, get the robe, and let's clothe him. Get the shoes. Get the fatted calf because my son was lost and now he's found. God is looking for you this morning. And he wants the, the kiss of heaven to be upon your life. And I love the word quickly because when I read that here a few weeks ago, just in my private time, it just it stood out to me in that, wait a minute, God. If this is an, a, a parable and an allegory of, of your relationship for those who have wandered off, some of you have wandered off and you don't have a pure heart this morning. You don't have clean hands. Your mind is a mess. That's the repentance where you begin to put those things in order and God is going to bring you into his presence. And he said quickly because I would have said, man, keep this joker in the barn for a few days until the stench goes away. (laughs) And don't we do that as a church? Get yourself cleaned up and then come to Jesus. No, you come to Jesus in his presence and his presence begins to change you from the inside out. That's the invitation. Man, if more people knew what the invitation of the Father was, He clothes you. He gives you authority. Oh, come on. About to do my little Pentecostal. I forget we broadcast this. I'm sorry. Y'all came, so you know how I am. Man, it's lit me up. Because it's telling us the invitation is there. God does not want you wandering off into the world. He wants to keep you close. (laughs) Isn't it interesting that while he's in the world, everything seems so good. There's nothing like hitting rock bottom in the world to understand how good your father is. I'm telling you. I'm telling you this morning. There's nothing like it. So God wants us to draw, but we have a decision To make in the moment when we're on our way back, am I going to deny myself? Because yourself got you into the pig slop to begin with. You should probably decide to not go back to the pig slop. See, when you're approaching, he did not have the confidence. The confidence came out of the denial and repentance because he did not have confidence. He said, at least I can be a slave in my father's house. Part of repentance is denying yourself. You see, here's the thing. Everybody say desires. Denial will change your desires. It does. I, as a pastor, am not interested in changing your behavior. What? I'm interested in changing your appetites. Because if I can get your appetite towards the things of God, you will change. And guess who gets all the glory? Not some long-winded pastor. The Holy Ghost gets the glory. In the story of the prodigal, listen to me. Sometimes, church, we need to get what we want so we realize it wasn't what we needed to begin with. He got what he wanted. But I tell you, one of the biggest tricks of the devil is a mirage. He is the master of mirages. Young people, listen to me. I, I'll say it the way my pastor used to say it. Whenever I had a big decision or I was talking to him about something going on, I worked with him for 10 years side by side. <laughs> he had such awesome barnyard theology. I loved it. <laughs> Young people probably won't even understand this, but how many, how many of another generation, he'd say, you better kick the tires on that thing, Jay. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
Because it could be a mirage. It could be something that's leading you away from God's presence, not drawing you closer to God's presence. And we all know this. We all know this instinctively, and we all know this experientially, walking with the Lord. Some of the things that I thought were the best things for me ended up being the worst, and some of the worst things ended up being the best, because God will shake your life. He'll shake this earth. But do you know why he's doing it? If your view of God is he's doing it because he wants to punish everybody, he wants them to wake up to his goodness. He wants them to wake up that God created you for relationship with him. And we couldn't get to him. But thank God for his Savior, Jesus Christ. Because of that precious blood, because of that sacrifice that he made, as we read in Hebrews to start this service, there's a veil, and that veil through his body, we can come into the presence of Almighty God. And I'm telling you something this morning, that is what it's all about. It's his presence. It's like Moses said, Lord, if you don't go up with us, we don't want to go. There's a place you can find in God of such closeness and such communion and, and such beauty and such fire and such awesomeness. There's a place you can find in Him that you would even turn down a promised land and stay in the wilderness because He's there. Everybody say desire. desire. The only way I can draw near to God is to deny what my flesh is craving. We desire these things. And my question this morning is, is in your mind, are you desiring something other than God? Let me say this as a side note, because this is such a powerful principle. Your life right now is following the way that your mind is going. So what do you mean by that? So so a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It, It tells us over and over in the word, renew your mind by the word of God, and then you will be able to figure out what the good, acceptable, pleasing will of God is. But these things, I, you, you better watch, you better think about what you're thinking about. Because it's really truly in here that something begins to generate. And when uh, thoughts and uh, things, in other words, you're, look at what you're dreaming and fantasizing about. Come on. Because that will make its way to your heart. And when something makes its way to your heart, your heart, according to what Jesus said about the parable of the sower that it's in our heart that God has good soil. And when he's tilled our heart and gotten it ready to plant his promise in something in our life, if you're letting your mind plant seeds in your heart, you're going to begin to take your hands and do what is against the word of God. So we have to protect our minds. We have to protect our hearts. We need to renew our minds. A point this morning is, and you need to know this, God desires you. And out of that desire... God wants to bring you close. He desires you so much that He would give His only Son so that you could be brought back into right relationship with Him. There's another passage, and you don't have to turn there, but it's in the Old Testament. It's Haggai 2.7. And I will shake all the nations, and the desire of all the nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory. God wants you to desire him so much. He is, not, he is not past shaking your life. You may have been going through a shaking. You may have been going through some rattling. And can I tell you something this morning? It's so that what remains is eternal. There's something about our God that chooses to shake everything that can be shaken so that which, what, that which cannot be shaken will remain. Church this morning, it's, it's, it's a decision and it really is. It's a decision when we deny ourselves of just simply saying, God, I don't, I don't want to feed my flesh anymore. God, I don't want to feed the things of the enemy where he's tripping me up. And again, if, if, if that has happened to you, the first thing that you begin to think is God doesn't want me to come into his presence. Nothing could be further from the truth. We say to ourselves, God, you, you, surely you don't want to have anything to do with me. Surely. You don't want me to come into your mighty presence. But I want to tell you something this morning. Not only is God drawing us, God is calling us to deny some things in our lives that would displease him. Second Chronicles 15.4 And when in distress, they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him, and he was found by them. Some of you have been experiencing distress. Some of you 
have been experiencing the shaking. Some of you have been experiencing the accusatory voice of the enemy telling you that there is no hope for you. In Luke 15, 20, in the story of the prodigal, it says he arose and he came back to his father. So he's drawing near to his father. And, and how amazing that the whole time he's with his father, he's looking at something out here that is going to rip him up, chew him up, and spit, spit him out. And when you finally come to that place where you say, God, whatever you're calling me to lay down, whatever you're calling me to renew my mind from, whatever you're calling me to cleanse my heart from, whatever you're calling me to do. Because it's beautiful to think that when you're going to take one step towards him, he's going to take many towards you. And the beauty of it is when he, when he embraces the prodigal, when the father embraces him, he gives him the kiss, he gives him the, the authority. He doesn't say, leave him out here, let him be a slave. Because when you come to God, you understand that He loves you and He wants what's best for you. doesn't mean that we don't examine our hearts. We need to do that on a daily basis. This whole world will just creep in there. Amen? With the thoughts that we're thinking. Because your life will take the direction of your thought life. And when you fill your mind with the Word of God like we should be, you're going to stay. It's like a compass that points us to true north. Amen? points us towards our Father. So that we understand that that way is open, that door has been open. I'm going to invite Alexis. Alexis, if you'd come and begin to play softly behind me. To think, think about this, that the God of the universe that flung all those stars into the sky, that literally scooped out the oceans with his hand, that God extends an invitation to us. And you need to not only know and understand this morning that your desire should be for him and repentance causes your desire to be oriented back to him. That's what repentance does. But can I tell you this morning, his desire is so much more for you and your your blessing and what God is doing in your life here a few years ago, I was on a, a trip out of the country, and the country I was in, there was a particular bucket list part of that country that we had two days before we, we finished all of our ministry, pastors' conferences, and teaching and preaching. And it was awesome. It was in the country of Uganda, and uh, we also worked in the country of Egypt for many years. So I, we spent a lot of time around the Nile River. Literally, our hotel was right there basically on the Nile, a little island in the middle of the Niles where we stayed. So I'd seen the very, I'd been in Alexandria and seen where the Nile River flows out into the Mediterranean. So when I was in Uganda, I thought, man, wouldn't it be so cool, so cool if I was able to see the headwaters of the Nile, and that's Lake Victoria in, in the country of Uganda. So that's, that's where the Nile River starts. If you know anything about history, you know the, the one who, took an expedition all the way up the Nile to find where it started. And I'll never forget this because as I was standing there, I didn't have Leah, and at that time we had Hudson, and he was just a little one. But I stood there and I thought, I want to go home. Because it just didn't mean as much without them experiencing it with me. Can I tell you? I feel the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you, God sees all the good that's happening. He sees the, the, the move of God. He sees His Spirit being poured out in those last days. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. It's already happening. I'm not going to say going to. God is already moving. But you know, is, is I'm sure as excited that He gets about His return, which is coming, He looks around and He says, but they're not with us. Some of my children aren't here. They've walked away. The invitation of James 4.8 is draw near to God and He will draw near to you. We see promises in the Bible where it says God's not slack according to His promises. God, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all find faith and salvation. 
you came in here today and you said, yeah, there's many ways to God, there's one way. His name is Jesus Christ. One way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's talking about his presence. He's talking about the manifest presence. Listen to me. That is accessible to you 24 7, 365 days a year. I got a question for you this morning. Why are you carrying your own burden when He offered to walk with you and to carry it with you? Listen to me. When He says, take up your cross, notice He didn't say my. Only one could carry that cross of sin and shame and suffering and salvation, and it's Jesus. Take up yours. <laughs> you know what I found, though? Here's what I found. So when I'm carrying that thing and things get heavy, when I'm carrying that thing and things get difficult, how many have ever just felt the strength and the presence of God just come up on the inside of you? I've been talking about this for a few weeks. I talked about it a few weeks ago. It's called grit. Some people in churches need some grit. We do. We just need to, God, this is getting heavy, and you know the difficulties. You know some of you are so worried about your kids. Every time they walk out the door, you can't even hardly sleep. Some of you are so worried about your jobs and what's going on in the world and recession and pandemics. Listen, this has been a hard two and a half, three years, y'all. But I said in the beginning of all this, the pure is going to come forth from the fake. It is. But even in these last, you may be here this morning and visiting, we welcome you and we thank God you're here. But I want to tell you something from the heart. You may not ever step foot back in this church. It's maybe the only time I get to say this to you. If you've wandered away from God, God is extending an invitation to come home. He is not mad at you. The enemy's voice will tell you God doesn't want you to come. God doesn't want to be near you. Listen to me. He does. God's not afraid of your mess. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. He's not. If you're anything like me, you're... Ask Ali. I'm an expert at messes. I am. You come to God and you get into His presence. Listen, everything begins to become clear. Everything begins to show. Stand with me this morning. Thank you, Father. Just put yourself into a place of worship. I want you to bow your head. Do that. I want you to envision something right now in this moment. I want you to envision coming home. How much He desires for you to come home. And He's just waiting for that moment for Him and you. That that desire, that, that denial, let's start there. Let's start there. Let's start in that The drawing is there. The drawing of the Holy Spirit is in this house. We pray every single week that God would draw people to Him. Not to a church, to Him. When we're felt drawn back to the Father, listen, on the way, like the prodigal, there has to be a denial. There has to be a repentance. There has to be saying, God, I know you're not okay with this area of my life. I know you're not okay with those things that I think about. No, you're not okay. And you might be sitting here saying... Oh, pastor, I've never committed adultery. Let's look at your Facebook feed. Let's look at the let's, let's let's look at the things you're looking at online. Oh, come on. Let's let's look at that work relationship that's just gotten a little too cozy. Because there's a denial that we have to come into to deny ourselves and to come into the presence of God. How many would raise their hand and say, God, there's some things I need to deal with in my mind, in my heart, and with my hands this morning? How many would lift their hands and acknowledge that this morning? Amen, amen, amen. This is a word to the prodigals. You've wandered far away, and God is calling you home this morning. 
So I want you to put your hand up right there where you are if you say, I'm a prodigal and I just want to come home, Father. Just put your hand up right there where you are. Amen. Let's all put our hands up this morning. And let's go running into the arms of the Father. Lord God, we know that your conviction is here. We know that you're speaking to our our hearts and to our lives right now in this moment. Father, I thank you that you have given us a promise, not just a principle, but a promise from your holy word. And Lord, your word is true this morning. Your word is what we stake our very lives and existence on. So Lord, you said that if we draw near to you, you would draw near to us. So that drawing of denial that's right now happening in this house as we, Father, repent, do that right now in this moment. You just take what it is the Holy Spirit is laying his finger on church and you just make a decision right now in this house to lay that down before him and say, God, I'm coming in. Lord, we're coming in this morning. We're coming into your throne room to find that grace, to find that mercy, to find that help in time of need. Father, for those who are in a place of shaking, a place of of anxiety, a place of fear of their future even, Father, would you, by your manifest presence that's right now here in this room, would you just wrap your arms around them and whisper to their heart that God is for you. He is not against you. Lord, we lay aside everything that would hinder, every sin, every weight that would hinder us. And Lord God, we call ourselves to attention this morning of running the race that is before each and every one of us, God. Help us and strengthen us by your precious Holy Spirit to deny our flesh, to deny the wooing of the world, to deny the temptation and the voice of the enemy in each of our lives, in each of our hearts. And Father, today I pray strength into the people of God. Oh, just, just receive that strength right now. Some of you are so weary. I got a word for you right now in this moment. Even the youth get tired and faint. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength today. Father, let the wind of the Holy Spirit, much like an eagle blowing through this place, God, would lift up each believer. Lift us out of the pig slop of this world, God. Let each heart come to our senses of any area, God, that we are following after our own flesh or even the voice of the enemy. God forbid. Father, I pray that we would hear your voice and we would experience the presence that transforms right now in this moment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm telling you, he's just walking down these aisles and he's just, he's pouring something into some of you. It's because you're denying yourself and you've made a decision today to live for him. Do not become entangled in the cares and the things of this world, church. But let us today, church, be like the soldier and be like the farmer who waits patiently for the promises, to be like the soldier that hears and obeys the voice of our God. It's in obedience that you will find freedom from addiction, freedom from fear, freedom from depression. We command depression to be broken in Jesus' name. That dark cloud... Ma'am, the Lord wants you to know He's seen every tear that's fallen. He has seen every tear that's dropped. He's seen it. And right now in this moment, He's binding up the brokenhearted. That's what He came to do. He's proclaiming liberty to captives. You who are captive to your own thought processes and your own heart. He's breaking that off of you in Jesus' name. Some of you are carrying a weight that you were never meant to carry because we are yoked together with Jesus. Take on his burden. Take upon yourself his teachings of what the kingdom is like and how we operate in it, and you will find rest. Lord, I pray a supernatural rest over and into the people of God this morning that we would rest in the finished work of Christ and that we would follow you in repentance. 
turning away from the things of this world to lay hold of those things that the world can't give this morning, Father. And that's faith, hope, and love. Lord, I celebrate your love in this house. That God, you so loved us that you gave your only begotten Son that whomsoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You did not come into this world to condemn the world, but you came into this world to save us, God. Father, we pray today for our precious fellow Floridians in South Florida, God. We pray that same strength that we feel in this room, that same power of the Holy Spirit would come and bring light out of darkness. That, Lord, those who have lost family members and have lost homes and have lost possessions, Lord, I pray that the good that comes out of that shaking would be that they trust you and put their faith and hope in a God who will never let them down. Let there be salvation. Let this even be a genesis of revival in the state of Florida, that your Holy Spirit would descend and begin to break out in every church and in every schoolhouse and in every family and every life. Lord, we pray for them today. We pray for our first responders, for the EMTs and the Coast Guard and those who are on the front lines, our police force. Lord, may your hand of protection be upon each and every one of them. And Lord, may you ultimately, Father, point us towards the hope that we have in the gospel of Jesus Christ, God. Father, I bless Christian Center Church today. I pray that they would be blessed as they've come in. They would be even more blessed as they go out. That, Father, we would be blessed in our homes and we'd be blessed on our work sites. That, Lord God, your face would turn towards each one. That you would give them favor that you would give them peace and that you would give them protection until you bring us back together at your appointed time. Here in your house, God, we celebrate you and we love you. In Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said. I always forget to remind everybody because a lot of people don't know. We don't take up an offering. We have boxes in the back for your tithes and offerings so you can make yourself available to those. And some of you probably saw... You could drive 50 miles around this area and no damage at all, but our sign got damaged during the storm. I'm like, Lord, help us. So we'll be getting that fixed up. We may hit you up and ask you to help with that, of whatever our plan is with that. We're not really sure what happened and how badly it's broken. But you all have a wonderful week. Amen. Go in the name of the Lord and be blessed. Anything we can ever do for you, don't hesitate to ask.